tongues. All right, so there's lots of debate about uh, what tongues is about, meaning the spiritual gift of tongues, if that's still a thing. And uh, so let's talk about that for a few minutes. So you have these kind of two, let's take two extreme positions, and then I'll tell you what I think about all this. So you have the extreme Pentecostal position, which is this. If you have not spoken in tongues in your life, let me, let, let me define tongues for a sec. The, tongues is defined as like a heavenly language. So the Holy Spirit gives somebody that if, if then the Holy Spirit drops on someone's life, they speak in tongues as an outward evidence of their salvation. And so that's the, the general gist from the, the Pentecostal the, 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 the super Pentecostal charismatic side, which is tongues is actually an evidence. It's a manifestation of someone's salvation. Ergo, if you haven't spoken in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You aren't actually a Christian. You're not saved. And they would cite a few different passages specifically around the narrative of the book of Acts um, where, uh, you know, people have believed in something, but they haven't got the gift of tongues yet. And so, you know, the apostles pray for them and then they start speaking in tongues. So it's kind of like now, and then there's, um, the, uh, the other extreme, which is a position called cessationism, which is basically that the gift of tongues ceased, hence the word cessation cessationist um it ceased in the in the first century because uh with the death of the apostles ended this kind of um certain gifts like healing uh died with the apostles like meaning the gift of it like like that the people can walk up and go man you should be healed and i have the gift of it and that's gone speaking in tongues is gone any kind of like prophetic hardcore prophecy ministry where you can predict and speak forth the future and so on and the present uh, is gone. You know, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff died with the early church, with the apostles. And now, you know, all that, those gifts uh, are no longer in play. They're no longer longer active in the church because we have the Bible. We don't need certain gifts anymore, so they cease to exist. So those are the two extreme positions on either side of this issue. And I think both of them, as you could probably predict, are wrong. Uh, The first one is, you know, I kind of roll in more, if you've listened to my podcast, in more of the kind of reform circles. And there's a lot of reformed guys who would kind of be cessationists almost. They would go, you know, this, this extreme charismatic stuff, it's not real, it's not legit. We have the Bible, we're Bible people. All you need is the Bible and you're done. Um, so, but I don't, so I kind of roll with the, with the, I mean, part tribally part of that more, more reformed as, you know, I talked about in an earlier podcast, Calvinist side of, of theological debate or whatever. Uh, but I certainly don't agree with that. I'm more of a reformed, uh, charismatic, uh, uh, thinker and, uh, with, you know, people like Wayne Grudem and John Piper and a few of these uh, other guys who are more thinking along, hey, let's hold on to kind of the, the word and, you know, certain theological positions, but also allow the fact that these gifts are all in play today. Every single spiritual gift listed in the Bible is still in play today. 
and you got to be pretty ethnocentric sitting around the Western world, your head in the sand, to think that the Holy Spirit's not doing crazy stuff all over the world, including making people speak in tongues, heal people, possibly even, you know, raise from the dead. All this kind of stuff is still live and active all over the world where the Spirit's moving and Christianity's growing and so on. So that, I believe, so ergo, I believe that... um, that gifts, uh, the tongues are a, still a spiritual gift. I think people actually speak in tongues and it's legitimate. Um, I don't believe with the other extreme position either, though, that you have to speak in tongues in order to be saved or that it's necessarily a, a, the external evidence of someone's salvation. Because I think that theology is built on some narratives in the book of Acts, which are unique probably to the early church's experience. And what I mean by that is when you're reading the Bible, when you're reading specifically narratives, there's some things that are descriptive and there's other things that are prescriptive. And so sometimes the Bible will just be describing a scenario and you're not supposed to necessarily build a massive theological argument built on that particular verse. Um, and so there's all kinds of things that happen, whether it's Gideon's fleece in the Old Testament or, you know, whatever, where if we take these ideas and we say, you know, we have to then go and do all these things, we miss the point that there's unique scenarios that are for that moment. They're just describing something that happened. They're not necessarily prescribing. This is the way Christianity is supposed to be. And I think this issue is one of those. I think in the early church, what was happening is there was people believing in stuff. They didn't have full understanding of what they were believing. And the book of Acts describes a situation where what's needed is apostolic affirmation. They need the apostle John and Paul and Peter to come and affirm these people are actually legit. They believe the right stuff. They've really received Christ. And then the Holy Spirit, you know, affirms this apostolic reality um, in their life. And they carry on. But it's not necessarily saying now, therefore, for all time, unless someone speaks in tongues, they're not actually a Christian. And we need, you know, we need a a second, you know, experience here of blessing and the second blessing, as it's been called by theologians and so on and so forth. So I think the position that you have to speak in tongues in order to be a Christian is false. Um, and And I think the position that tongues is no longer even a thing is also false. Um, now within that, uh, I think, uh, let me just give you some background. So the whole theology of tongues comes from a few main passages. First uh, Corinthians 12 to 14 is, is one of the main ones. It's a listing of kind of the more charismatic gifts. Um, but then you, you have passages where, you know, Paul talks about heavenly languages and so on and so forth. And I think, and then of course the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2, which is where the phrase Pentecostalism even comes from, because it was the, the Pentecost was the uh, was the holiday at the time was the the celebration, the Jewish celebration um, when the Holy Spirit fell and the early church began. The church was kind of born on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit started causing people to speak in tongues and so on, and and uh, came down like tongues of fire and so on. So you have this this moment in history where the church was birthed out of a move of the spirit that led people to speak in tongues. And I think tongues is a legitimate thing. It's the question of what is it? There's different forms of tongues. Uh, Most theologians point out there's the heavenly language kind of tongues. 
Um, there's the kind of private devotional, you know, so the heavenly language kind of tongues is the first Corinthian stuff, right? Then they're 12 to 14. And then there's the more devotional tongues, uh, between you and God. And that's, that's probably most people would cite Romans eight for that, where the spirit gives groanings that we can't even put into words when we're asking God for certain things, so on and so forth. And then there's what theologians call tongues in the sense of literally the word tongues, glossolalia, uh, means languages. And so in Acts 2, if you see the whole point, tongues happens, and then the response of the crowd is these, uh, these disciples, these apostles who don't know my language uh, are all of a sudden I can hear them in my language. And so let's say if I couldn't speak Russian and all of a sudden... You know, I draw, and the people could all, if they spoke Russian, they could obviously all of a sudden hear the Apostle Peter preaching in Russian or whatever, or these guys speaking in Russian. And so uh, there's a sense of literal languages where I've heard stories where missionaries have gone in and they don't speak the language. And the gift is given to them to speak a language. And then when they leave, it's like they don't know the language anymore. It's like this momentary gift, kind of like a healing moment where you heal someone, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you then can walk around and just kind of, you know, point your finger at people and go, healed, 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 or else why not go to a hospital and boom, you just heal everybody of cancer in the cancer wing. So, um, so that's kind of the three segments of tongues with the heavenly language. And that's what Paul talks about. And that's probably the most popular version of it. It's, and that's where the debate centers, right? Is, is when you go to church and the lady says, well, you know, time my boat die, time my boat die, should about a hand die, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, what's going on there? Is that actually a thing or did they, are they making it up? Is it just something that, you know, people do? My, my Pentecostal friends and I joke that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> about them faking it just because everyone around them did it. So they felt like they were unspiritual. So they just started to kind of talk like everyone else. Um, but they don't really know. Or if the lady starts talking like it at church every single Sunday at the same time from the same pew, you know, is that really a thing and so on. And so the question for me, someone always asks if someone started speaking in tongues of village, what would you do? And the reality is, is I believe it's a gift. I believe it still happens. But as Paul talks about in first Corinthians 12 to 14, that if someone speaks in tongues, you have to, you know, the Holy spirit is a gentleman. You have to be as my, uh, my old professor, Dr. Dewey, who's passed away. God rest his soul. Uh, used to say the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, so he wants order. And Paul's point in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 is orderly worship. How does it not become chaos? And then he says, I would rather you have the gift of prophecy, which is forth-telling the word of God, rather than tongues, so that unbelievers don't get freaked out and say, hey, what is going on here? These people sound crazy. They're babbling on about nothing. And so Paul says, Let, if someone does speak in tongues, there has to be an interpretation. Someone that gets up and says, hey, listen, this is what this person is talking about in this heavenly language. And here's what it means for the church, for the edification of the church, which is the point of all spiritual gifts. And so there's, uh, there's that. And I think that that's uh, where some people say, okay, let's just be careful with how it's used. So if it did happen in a village, I would ask if there's anyone in the crowd that has the gift of interpretation that would like to interpret this particular, you know, word from God to us. And if not, then I just say, hey, can you just respect, you know, us right now and just, um, just, you know, not do that right now. We'll talk about it later. We can talk in the foyer or whatever. And so, um, so again, do I think it's a legitimate gift? Yes. I think the, the best form or the biblical form to use it is with interpretation. 
Um, if it's that First Corinthians version, if it's the Romans 8, where it's just a groaning in personal devotional time, then obviously that doesn't really need interpretation because Paul's whole point is you're groaning to God, he can interpret it. And then if it's languages, of course, it's being used in, in a missiological uh, sense of it. And so uh, those are some of my random thoughts on tongues. And that was... Uh, my first episode uh, dealing with what I would say kind of is the, the mailbag, which is questions from you. I put it out on Twitter and I said, what are your questions? What are things that you would like me to speak to? And, uh, and someone said, I want to I hear your thoughts on tongues. So those are my, uh, my, ran, my random riffing uh, thoughts on the gift of tongues.